You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Have you had a time in your life where you've had a a moment where vision has cost you something? Where vision has cost you something? Last year in our vision offering, Lysandra and I got challenged. We've always lived by the principle, if we build God's house, he'll build our house. But it came this moment where we're talking about what we give in faith in the vision offering. And there was a figure I had in mind and Lysandra came in with a figure that was probably three or four times what I had in mind. I was like, wow, love, you've got more faith than I do. That's a word for the fellas over there in the youth section. Always marry a godly wife who calls you up, calls you higher. But she had this in mind, right? And for us, we had this tension moment where I could have lived in fear, but we made a decision to live in faith. So we decided we would give over the course of six months what would be a month's wages for one of us. And we had just moved into our brand new house and we needed blinds for the windows. We needed lampshades for the lights. We literally needed to use this capital that we'd been believing for and saving for, for a new house. But we decided in that moment that we would build God's house and trust that God would build our house. So what happened was for the course of three months, people would walk by past our house. There'd be no blinds in the windows. We'd be sitting watching TV. They'd wave in at us. We'd wave back at them. And always be reminded in that moment of the why we had no blinds on the windows was because we were building God's house and trusting that God would build our house. Now, we had pledged that amount of money on the Wednesday night before the Sunday with our leadership team. And that Friday, Lysandre went looking for a new job in Chester, and she knocked on some doors, some doors closed, but one door she knocked on, the door swung wide open, and within two hours, Lysandre was offered a brand new, awesome job in the city, right before we had even given in the vision offering. But we're in this tension three months in and we're praying, we're believing, we're trusting that God would build our house as we commit ourselves to build God's house. And what happened was someone out of the blue on Facebook contacts Lysandre, someone from America she met many years ago, and says, hey, Lysandre, you're an architect. I see you've just qualified. Do you want to help design our house in America? Well, as Andrew said, hey, I don't have the, the regulations are different. I can't do the technical designs. They said, we don't need that from you. We just want you to help design the house. As Andrew said, amazing. Yeah, I'd love to help. And the amount of money that they have given Lysandre for that project is the exact amount of money we pledged in the vision offering. <laughs> build God's house and God would build your house. I don't have time to talk about the last 12 months of what God's done through our life, in our life, the inheritance check from my great aunt Mary that I never saw coming, the fact we've got a baby on the way, church is growing, influence, we're taking territory. God, over the last 12 months, as we've made a decision to build his house, has continually built and added to our house. And I want to encourage you today that in the moment where vision costs you something, make a decision to build God's house And let me tell you, he'll build your house better than you ever could. 
But we've all had these moments, haven't we, where vision has cost us something. Maybe it's been a vision offering last year. You took part. It cost you something. You felt the letting go, the sacrifice. Maybe it was you've just got married. You're planning on getting married. And the costs, the expenses, the sacrifice to lead up to this one big wedding day, you feel the pinch because vision costs you something. Maybe you've recognized a need. Somebody's needed a car, so you've given them a car. Someone's needed a job, you've offered a job. Somebody's needed a room to sleep, and you've offered them a room. We've all had these moments, haven't we, where vision has cost us something. But culture in 2022 wants us to panic, to worry, be anxious, and be full of fear when it comes to generosity, vision, and giving. In fact, culture's disposition to there being no God leaves no room for a God who could do immeasurably more than we could ask, think, or imagine. So culture's disposition is always scarcity, fear, negativity, lack, and living in the mindset of worst case scenario. But I want to encourage you today, Audacious Church, we don't have faith for the words of the media. We've got faith for the words of the mediator, Jesus, who in Matthew 6, 33 said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added onto you. He's still the same God in the crisis as he is in the peacetime. And his word remains, Proverbs eleven twenty four: the world of the generous gets larger and larger, whereas the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Vision always has a price tag attached, but when we lay it at the feet of Jesus, it has the potential and the ability to be multiplied beyond our wildest dreams. And the danger today for us, church, is if we fail to own this moment, the moment will pass us by. And so we'll be disappointed, disillusioned, and disheartened when we see God doing miracles in our neighbor's lives and not ours because they applied faith and we didn't. Audacious Church, I want to encourage you today. This is my message. Own the moment. Let's believe that as we build God's house, he'll build ours and he'll do it better than we could have in the first place. Turn to your neighbor and say, own the moment. I've got a cold, I'm a little deaf, I can't hear you. Say, own the moment. moment. That kind of looks better. There was more heads turning, I'll believe you. The Bible says this in Acts 4.32. It says, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was of their own, but they shared everything that they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace, I love this, God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to any who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Acts 4, we've got the beginning of the early church. 
almost 2,000 years ago, laying down the foundations, the principles, the edicts, and the principalities for how we as modern-day disciples, modern-day monks should follow, should example, should live for Jesus, and should example our lives through the church. People brought money. They rearranged their budgets. They sold their land. They gave away cars. They distributed. They brought it to the church at the apostles' feet for the advancement of God's kingdom. Now look what happens in verse 33. God's grace after this was so powerfully at work in them all. The moment becomes a movement. Acts 4.34, this moment no one has need. Acts 5.14, more and more were saved and added to their number. Acts 5.15, people who were sick were brought onto the streets and healed. Acts 5.18, the apostles are arrested, but an angel comes and opens up the doors in the middle of the night. And I want to encourage you today, church, God wants to take the spark of a moment and turn it into the fire of a movement. The spark of what we have in schools right now into the fire of a movement. The spark of what we do at Christmas through Big Give on our hamper appeal into the fire of a movement. The spark of your business that you've just pioneered into the fire of a movement. The spark of what God's doing in our baptisms and our salvations on Sunday into the fire of a movement. But in order for God to do what he's never done before, we've got to step out in faith like never before. And for a moment to become a movement, there has to be momentum. This movement of the church in Acts echoes in eternity because of a moment that generated momentum. Today, church, this is a moment and from this moment, there's going to be a movement and God's going to add to the fire of what's happening and we're going to generate momentum to reach this city and beyond together. What does momentum mean? It means strength or force gained by motion or by a series of events. Isaiah 40, 30 to 31 says, even youths grow tired and weary. How many parents of teenagers know all about that? Even youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will do what? They'll renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The word hope here in the Hebrew is a word called tikva. And it's not merely a wish or a longing, it's an expectation of obtaining what is desired. And when you have such a hope as this, you're not merely wishing like the lottery, hoping that something might happen, but it's a confident expectation of obtaining what is desired. The Bible expresses this kind of hope, renews strength. In other words, it takes movement and turns it into momentum. And today, church, we must take the movement and turn it into momentum. 
Verse 31, soar on wings like eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not be faint. Momentum doesn't come to you, it must come through you. You've got to soar, you've got to walk, you've got to move, you've got to run. And if this is the kind of hope you have in God today, you must move for momentum. Maybe all you've got today is strength to walk, then walk. Maybe all you've got is strength to run, then run. Maybe you've got strength to soar today. Then move and soar and go forward in God because all of us, for the sake of momentum, must keep moving forward. Must keep moving forward. Band, come up and help me out for this next point. Once we own the moment, becomes a movement. We move momentum our momentum must then become a monument. Say it again. Once we own the moment, we become a movement. Once we're a movement, we move with momentum. And then our momentum becomes a monument. Lysandra and I, last month, we got the awesome honor to get to go to Paris for a holiday, which was awesome. Never been to Paris before except in the Charles de Gaulle airport. So actually to get out of the airport, see Paris was special. And we went to this place. It's called Montmartre. Um, It's the second most visited place in Paris after the Eiffel Tower. So we're up there. It's beautiful. We're hanging out. And we start to look into a little bit of the history as to why it's called Montmartre. It's called Montmartre, which means Mount of the Martyrs. Mount of the Martyrs. We do a little bit more digging and we unpack this story. Through Saint Genevieve, who lived in the fifth century, we learn of the existence of a Saint Denis, the first bishop of Paris. It was on this site that Saint Denis was martyred. And Saint Genevieve persuaded the people of Paris to erect a chapel on this site. Over time, many other Christians were martyred here. There was chapels erected, they were burnt down, they caught fire, they were demolished. But ever since this moment, there's been continual building and monuments put on the site. And today, standing on the site of Montmartre, the Mount of Martyrs, is this beautiful church called the Sacre Coeur, which stands on the Mount of Martyrs. We've got a photo on the screen. There we are, Lysandria and I. Looks like I'm really tall in that photo, doesn't it? absolutely stretched up. There it is in the background, the Sacre Coeur. And what I love about this building in particular is this fact. On this site, there has been 135 years of continuous prayer, night and day. 135 years of continuous prayer, night and day. Ours praying. A moment that became a movement that generated momentum that then became a monument that would inspire the generations to come to move forward in God. Psalm 145 verse four says, one generation shall command your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. A moment that becomes a movement that generates momentum that leaves a monument. And today church, 
Your momentum has the potential to leave a monument, a legacy in your life, in the city and beyond, where generations 135 years from now will look to that moment and say, it's because of my great, great granddad. They lived with faith. They cave with faith in a vision offering. They didn't fall back, be fearful, live in doubt, but they took a moment, allowed it to become a movement that generated momentum and left a monument. Generations today are depending on you to leave a monument for them, that your ceiling would become their floor. They're depending on you to reach new heights in God so they can stand on the shoulders of giants. They're depending on you to rewrite the narratives of poverty, of injustice. They are depending on you to trust God and fulfill your calling. What are the stories of faith you're leaving behind for your children and your children's children? What is the legacy of obedience that will inspire them to believe for more? What are the stories you'll tell years from now at the dinner table? or perhaps now with your grandchildren, the stories of faith. A moment that became a movement, that generated momentum, that left a monument. We believe many years from now, after none of us are here, there'll still be an audacious church in Chester. And we will only be in Chester. We'll have gone to North Wales. We'll have planted other locations. We'll have seen hundreds and thousands of people come to know Jesus because a group of individuals said, I don't want to live in the words of the media. I want to live for the words of the mediator who said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added on to you. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.